when you do lean into your own story, beautiful things can happen. It can be really easy to hide and to just avoid it and to just shove it down. It's like a pressure cooker. At some point, everything is just going to erupt. There was a time where I, I met that eruption, but I'm glad I had that because it was a beautiful shift in a way of thinking. Yes, I almost died, but this is why, and it's a beautiful thing. Hey, welcome to another episode of Relate, Refresh, and Restore, a podcast committed to bringing stories of hope and insight to those on the front lines of Christian ministry. Our desire is for all of us to see, sense, and experience God's voice through their stories. And through these stories, we may see His hand and hear His voice in our lives. The Relate, Refresh, and Restore podcast is brought to you by Romans 12 Ministries, where we are wildly committed to transforming the church, one pastor, missionary, and ministry leader at a time. What sports did you play when you were growing up? I remember my very first organized team sport was in second grade. I was deceived, actually. My dad was going to take me down to the school, but he didn't tell me that he was going down to the school to sign me up for a soccer team. And so I remember us signing it up, and from second grade to sixth grade, I played soccer. But I remember at the end of my fourth grade year, There was a young man on our soccer team, his name was Mark, and he went camping with his family and he was never found. He disappeared. And I remember as a young kid how that impacted me and I just can't imagine being a parent known would be so difficult. And our guest today lived with the unknown for many years as she dealt with the premature deaths of her children, first her son and then her daughter and years of not knowing the medical reason for the heart suddenly stopping became a quest when her granddaughter, Kennedy, had a cardiac arrest in gym class as a teenager and survived. So Grammy, Pammy, and Kennedy join me as we walk and talk about their story and the medical discoveries that were made that will help those dealing with this particular condition. And both these women are faith-filled, vibrant, and full of joy. You'll be inspired by their courage and their hearts. And um, these two are amazing miracles. I'm David Town, the host of the Relate, Refresh, and Restore podcast. We have Miss Kennedy and we have Miss Pam, who I'm going to call Grammy. And uh, thank you guys for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank us. you. This is a historic moment because I've never had two people, a grandmother and a granddaughter, in for the podcast. And so this is history, and I love history. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys both coming in and uh, sharing with us. What an incredible story, as we've talked beforehand, that I um, think this is a story that people need to hear. And as we talk about the Relate, Refresh, Restore podcast of stories of hope uh, to, to really refresh and restore people, I think as we listen to your story and how God has weaved it together through trials and tribulations, um, I think there will be a great story of hope in this. So thank you for dropping the mask and sharing with us and uh, going back a little bit and, and really pointing us to Christ. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So, Grammy, we're going to start with you. And um, you had two amazing kids. And uh, can you just kind of tell us a little bit about the journey these past years? Yes, How often in social conversations, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, they say, and how many children do you have? My response always is, I raised two children. And depending on how comfortable I am, 
with this person that I've just met, I will say, but they are no longer living. Mm. Or I'll just drop it. <laughs> so, um, so, yes, both of my children have passed away from unknown causes at the time of their death. My son, at age 17, died very suddenly, a sudden cardiac arrest. Um, he was working at a Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> it, was his, uh, it was his job, and he had jogged to work that day, got to the Wiener Schnitzel, collapsed, and was gone. And 17 years old. He was 17 years old. And in 1987, when he uh, had this unexplained death, his death certificate that I still have, it says it's an anomaly. Uh, the medical profession just didn't know. Autopsy was performed, and it showed nothing. So there was nothing physically wrong. Well, go forward about 13 years or so, I think, and my daughter at this time was age 36, and she died a very similar death. Uh, very sudden, had dashed across the street to borrow something from a neighbor, collapsed in the kitchen, and she was gone. That was a big wake-up call in my mind. As their mother, it was sort of like, Oh my gosh, the medical profession doesn't know why my son died, but my daughter has just now died a similar death. It has to be something genetic. Uh, so that was the beginning of a long journey on my part uh, to get answers. Sure. Yeah. And that must have been for both your kids to die in many ways so suddenly. Um, so you went on kind of a research, and we, many of our listeners will remember that we had Dana Cooper on talking uh -huh. a little bit about what it was like for him with his wife. And this is that's your daughter. Yes. So Brittany's your daughter. So Dana was married to my daughter, Brittany. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we know his what that was like for him as a husband. But when we were doing that interview, I was thinking, what was it like for the mom? Mm -hmm. And not only one child but two children right, and almost a granddaughter. Right. So that you went on a quest to search answers, and what did you find? I was aware of an organization called the Sudden Arrhythmia Death Syndrome and found that they had annual meetings, annual conferences, and I attended a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, because at this point— Again, the autopsy on my daughter, nothing physical. So we know we're dealing with something electrical going on with the heart. Um, so at this conference, I met the Pope. The Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call him the Pope because Dr. Ackerman at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, he is the guru when it comes to knowledge and understanding and treatments of these electrical heart conditions. And so meeting him started the journey of trying to determine exactly what the genetic condition was for our family that was, was causing these deaths. And it was a long journey. It took, um, oh gosh, I bet it took 15 
years before we had a definite genetic answer for what caused the death of my two children and almost the death of, mm-hmm. of Kennedy. So really fairly recently, I mean, 15, so five, six years ago. Uh, right, mm. yeah, that we've been able to do genetic testing, have done genetic testing on all family members, all of my siblings. I am the carrier. I have tested positive for the mutation. I am called a silent carrier because... David, as we talked earlier, I'm 80 years old. I have never had a fainting spell or any kind of a heart problem. And, um, and the Pope explains that, which, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, Kennedy, you've been so patient. You've been listening to this <laughs> with a big old smile, which you always have on. Um, your, your journey, you were fairly young when your mom passed away from mm-hmm. this. And so, but then here you are in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And you're in a gym class and kind of take us through what happened. Yeah. So being six and losing a mom, trying to comprehend that you've lost a parent suddenly, you, you just don't, for me, it didn't make sense. How do you comprehend death when you're six years old? I probably still had my dad or my sister help me tie my shoes. And then here's this news that I've lost a parent, but I don't know why. Does this mean she's coming back? Um, Why isn't she coming back? And just wrestling and seeing everyone express their emotions around me. But me, I didn't know how to do that because I felt like I, I didn't know what was going on. Where did mom go? Why Why is she in heaven? Is Jesus going to send her back? And those were the questions that I kind of remember dealing with. Kennedy, so, can I share with you a memory that I have? It's at Christmas time, and I think it's that first Christmas after your mom died. Uh, she died in June, and I'm with you and your sister. We're saying our prayers at night while you're before you went to sleep. And you looked up at me and you said, Grammy, is my mom ever going to come back? And you were just kind of belligerent even. (laughs) And I remember that conversation so well. And I said, oh, Kennedy, no, no, your mom's not going to come back, but we're going to go see her someday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just kind of being mad. Sure. Mad about it, like like Grammy said, like why, like why is this happening? Yeah, and because we didn't have those genetic answers for so long, um, it just it just kind of felt like we were stuck in limbo. Like, well, we might not ever know why she died, but here's your heart rate stabilizer medication and be on your way. And so, growing up. I felt like I mourned for her a lot later because as I became a teenager, I just wondered where she was in my same phase of life. And when I was able to process death the right way and what it meant, um, but also the promise of salvation, I found myself mourning for her more often, especially in middle school and early into high school. And so when it was 2013, and I was going into gym class one day. I remember feeling a little off. I thought, well, I can, I can take it easy today. And 
I remember I had a math test and being not well-versed when it comes to numbers. I was <laughs> stressed about that. And um, I walked into my exercises that day and it didn't take long when I started doing my pull-up repetitions where I collapsed and immediately hit the floor. And everything that I know, it's kind of funny that everything you know about your story is from other people's perspectives that you just kind of group together. So I know a, nothing about this day from my own my own memory. So you just you just all of a sudden blacked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I did a couple repetitions, and then a couple classmates said that I just let go immediately, collapsed, and then they assessed the situation, um, and then I wasn't responsive, and that's when two teachers that um, they acted very quickly, and thank goodness that they did. So well, it was the CPR. Yeah, the CPR that they did uh, saved saved her life. Mm-hmm. It kept uh, Kennedy. Kennedy was not breathing and had no heartbeat for <clears throat> about fifteen minutes. Wow! But the teachers in her classroom kept the CPR going, which kept the blood going to her vital organs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. oxygen to the brain. So if it wasn't for the consistency of the CPR and I would not I would not be here. God used so them. So he did. And they he had been did. trained to, to yeah. do that, both mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Absolutely. One was a retired Marine, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I'm you know, and how do you how do you thank someone for, for saving your life? I feel like that's always that's always something I'm. I might struggle with, but when I see them, I, just the love and appreciation that I have for them—not for that act itself, but for who they are as as men and men in Christ—it just goes so much deeper. That those are the two men that God anointed to mm. to help uh, save my life. So I want to go back. So here, Grammy, you here is a third person in your life, mm-hmm. and tell us where where you were and what you did when you heard about this? I received a phone call from one of the, uh, a family member of ours that worked at Push Ridge at the school. And uh, she accompanied Kennedy in the ambulance to the hospital. uh, And she gave me a phone call on the way there. And um, yeah, it's just that, uh, I I mean, I I can't explain the feeling. Uh, my husband and I immediately got in the car and went to the hospital, uh, to the emergency room. And in the emergency room, we were not allowed to see Kennedy at this point. They were in the process of putting her on life support. And I get goosebumps right now as I'm talking. I remember the personnel from Push Ridge Christian School that were there, and Kennedy's dad was there. We were on our knees. Maybe you were there. Were you? Part? I was. I was. Okay. I was not. There. I was in Washington D.C. Okay. But, but you know what? What you're describing is something that I've heard from the people that were there. Yeah. And they have shared with me the power of prayer. Oh and, my gosh! And, and what you said. I mean, you were. Yeah, God used you to bless those people in that prayer circle oh, because okay. you were loud, forceful. 
yeah. heartfelt, yeah. and it was something that they will never forget. Yeah. You sensed the spirit there. Yeah. We were on our knees in a circle, um, and uh, God was there. He was with us. Yeah. <laughs> My dad told me a story that when he had received the news, he uh, he had left work. He was driving to the hospital, but he had called uh, the church that we were attending at the time and just asked their prayer team to to lift prayer. And the woman who received the call was the mom of Chris Hendrickson, who was probably at that same moment giving giving me CPR with Brian Graham and just how God, in that situation, oh. his mom was praying that God would breathe life into Kennedy, but at that same time, her son was bre- help bring breathe life into me to to save oh, my life. So that's it's, cl- I hadn't yeah. heard that story. Yeah, Kennedy. it that's great. It brings it gives me chills. Yeah, wow. yeah. So that day, God used a lot of people. Um, mm. to, yeah, helped weave everybody together. Wow. And so you were you were there for a number of days. Grammy? <laughs> well, <laughs> Kennedy was on life support, so she doesn't remember too much. <laughs> uh, but yes, it was a, it was a few days that she was in uh, intensive care. Kennedy's dad, myself, we were at the bedside when they uh, took uh, took off the life support, and I still. I, I still remember, you know, her first words, you know, just, you know, it was such a blessing to know that she, her brain was okay. <laughs> and she said, oh, hi, Dad, and hi, Grammy, you know. Looped up probably, which, yeah. Because yeah. wow. I remember hearing that the doctor said that they were cautiously optimistic um, because with out-of-hospital cardiac arrests, 90% of them are fatal. And if they're not, there is significant trauma to the brain. So for the doctors to share with the family, she's we're amazed, but we can't promise that yeah. she will be the same when she comes out of this. Right. I remember the first night you were in the intensive care in the hospital, and they did an MRI on your brain. And it was late at night maybe around midnight that your dad called and he said uh, Pam he said I think it's a miracle they're saying that they don't that they're very optimistic mm-hmm. yeah but to hear you say hi Grammy <laughs> <laughs> golden words to bring you to hear yeah yeah that was awesome It's that time where I have to interrupt you and say thank you so much for being part of Romans 12 Ministries. Just you listening to the podcast is a huge blessing. Please share it. Please subscribe to it. Uh, We are just so grateful that we can share these stories of hope with you every two weeks. I also want to just encourage you to go to our website, which is Romans 12 Ministries, Romans12Ministries.org. And you can donate online if you feel led to do that. You can look and see all the different activities that we're doing to come alongside pastors and missionaries and ministry leaders and their families. So um, just wanted to say thanks. We really, really appreciate your partnership and joining us. Uh, Let's get back to Grammy Pammy 
and Kennedy Cooper. So my question is, Grammy, you you have such there's such a joy I see in your eyes, mm-hmm. and it's such a zest for life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who have endured this, they would just probably quit. Um, tell me, how did you handle losing two kids, almost Kennedy, and mm-hmm. you know how did God prepare you for that? What did you learn? I mean, walk me through that, because that, to me, is so inspirational. When Matt died at age 17, very unexpectedly, uh, very suddenly, like most people who lose someone very close to them, there is some anger at first. And I did feel that anger. It didn't last very long, because I suddenly realized that to hang on to that anger, I was not going to survive. Uh, So that anger very quickly turned into um, the the quest for God to just stay with me, give me comfort, give me peace. And very, also very sudden, uh, very soon after his death, I was reminded of a conversation that I had had with my, with Matt, that was his name, 17-year-old son, maybe five months earlier. It was in the spring before he died in August. It was in the evening. I was a single mom, so in the household was just myself and my 17-year-old son. And uh, he had recently become very on fire for the Lord. Uh, He had started a Bible study group at Amphi High School, his high school, and um, he enjoyed sharing that. One of the peaceful conversations that helped me was the night he came into my bedroom, five months before his death, and he had his Bible. He was in his boxer shorts. I was in my bed reading Good Housekeeping. And uh, he flung himself across the end of the bed, and he says, Mom, he said, do you know I'm not afraid to die? Oh, wow, I put my magazine down, and I looked at him, and I said, Matt, what, what are you, why are you saying this? And he says, I don't know, Mom, I just feel like I need to tell you that I'm not afraid to die. And of course, I said, are you thinking of suicide or something like that? You know, that's typically what, you know, teenagers do those things. And he says, oh, mom, he said, I'd never do something like that. Uh, And then he jumped up off the bed. Uh, I can still see his fists in the air. And he said, mom, I cannot wait to see Jesus Christ face to face. Wow. Yeah. Little did I know that that conversation was going to be give me so much hope as I was dealing with the beast of grief. Yeah, yeah. So in many ways, mm. God was preparing your heart, oh, absolutely. giving you signs like, I've got this. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, God knew. God knew that his life was not meant to be forever uh, on this earth or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then when Brittany passed away 
same same thing did you sense his presence did you oh absolutely uh, i think i think britney's death oh you know you can't compare grief to grief you just can't uh but it was uh it was a sense of oh i know where i know where my children are you know they say our treasures are in heaven well yep that's the truth <laughs> yeah so um yeah. Plus, with with Brittany's death, I immediately, I immediately had uh, a reason to stay strong and uh, to provide help for my granddaughters. Mm-hmm. And kind of went into yeah a, a mom mode. I kind of went into a mom mode, and um, yeah. Mm. So it gives you purpose. Yeah. Mm. So. Kennedy, I was going to ask you, when you see and hear your Grammy talking like this, I mean, how has she been for you? She is the biggest light in our family, in my life. Just the joy, just how much fun we have with her. I like to describe Grammy as just this contagious, contagious spirit her joy, her heart, her laughter. Anyone that walks into a room, I mean, they know Grammy Pammy. Um, and you can just, she's everybody's Grammy, not just my Grammy. I get to share her, and that's the lovable part of it, is that she she belongs to a lot of people that love her just as dearly and just as deeply. And going through these, these, time, these trials and times of loss, she's unwavering. She's strong spiritually and loving. She will many times take care of me before I feel like she will take care of take care of herself. <laughs> but um, Kennedy, do you remember all the times working over math that <laughs> we would sometimes butt heads? <laughs> we, yes, I didn't want to do geometry sometimes, <laughs> but I had to get it done, <laughs> and we got it done together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I see I see those tears yeah. in, in your eyes. Yeah. How are you feeling and, right now? Oh, I just just the love. I feel the love. Yeah. I feel the love from my family. Uh, you know, that gets you through hard times too. Is is the love not only of God and knowing that he's there and walking with you every he is crying right along with you. You know, his tears are your tears. and uh, mm-hmm. But knowing that his love and the love of family, mm-hmm. and it, it goes back, you know, to even the, the love of the family. Uh, you know, I grew up on a farm in Nebraska. It was a very loving, stable, growing up, uh, and that contributes. That contributes to a lot of the hope that, you, that gets you through these yeah. things. And the strength, too, and how after losing mom, that was when just the research and the time and the investment that you did in finding answers for our family was huge. I could have, yeah, I guess we could have just dropped it, you know, but it was kind of like, we need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have, I have nieces 
the, the entire extended family has been tested now that we know, after years of research with the Pope <laughs> in, at Mayo, we now know exactly how to test to see if a family member has this genetic disease or not. Mm-hmm. And we have, I have a couple nieces that are also under the care of, of the Mayo Clinic and on medication yeah. and their sons. Uh, so lives have been saved. Yeah, and it was amazing because, because when mom died, they had suggested that my sister and I do these tests for a completely different um, electrical condition. And all of the results kept coming back negative, which usually when you get a negative result or something, that's music to the ears. But for a family that had these sudden losses, it was anything but music to the ears. And so we just kind of went through life, just kind of accepting that this would be how it would always be, just not knowing and trying to be content with maybe never knowing was really heartbreaking. But then 12 years later, when I had my cardiac arrest, that's when the Pope, Dr. Ackerman, really said, no, we're going to test for a different condition that has been mimicked by what we tested you and your sister for 12 years ago. And which just tells a lot about the growth of the research in that time itself. And so we tested DNA from me, from Grammy and Quincy. And as luck would have it, I know that it was kind of a wrestle, but the coroner's office still had mom's blood spot card. They still had it. And through all of that DNA testing, they found the smoking gun of the condition that we now have the answer for, for our family. So I would say that the cardiac arrest was just a huge blessing just to say... Now we know. Now we can test different family members. You know, again, it was God working. Uh, uh, he, I have often told Kennedy, God used you to help us find the answer to these unexplained deaths in our family. He mm-hmm. kept her safe, but he used her because the Pope, <laughs> the, the medical profession, needed a live body that they could point to and say, Yes, we know whatever this disease is, you have it. And so that led to the solution. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my word. Yeah. So, Kennedy, how, as we kind of wrap up, how has this impacted you? Wow. You know, in 2013, I, I, was, I hid from my own story because I didn't know what it meant. Here was God performing this amazing miracle in my life, but I felt like who I, I didn't feel deserving of it in a way because I didn't know. I was still trying to figure out who I was as a teenager, still graduating high school and what I wanted to do with my life, and I, I wrestled with it. And I got frustrated because I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know the plan God had for me. Like, well, God, why? Why did you spare my life if I still feel so unsure of where I'm going? And so for a long time, I I didn't really want to be recognized as, oh, you had this cardiac arrest. That's so amazing. 
yeah, like, wow, God has big plans for you. And I just didn't know how to answer that because I knew it was true, but you know, that's part of my frustration at the time because I didn't know what I really wanted to do, what I wanted to be, how I wanted to grow. And so I, to be honest, I kind of developed a sour attitude about my my cardiac arrest testimony. When the anniversary would come, we would go to dinner as a family, but I still like, God, I don't know how you're going to direct me. And I mean, I know that that was Satan taking over, <laughs> but now as I have grown and allowed myself to see the beauty that can come from situations like this, it's it's been amazing how when you do lean into your own story, beautiful things can happen. Because sometimes it can be really easy to hide and to just avoid it and to just shove it down. But that only, it's like combustion. It's like a pressure cooker. At some point, everything is just going to erupt. And I felt like I, there was a time where I, I met, I met that eruption, but I'm glad I had that because it was a relief and it opened my eyes and it brought me, it, it just helped me realize the person that I wanted to be because of my story. And it was a beautiful shift in a way of thinking. And it gave me a better appreciation. Like, yes, this happened, but look at what's happened because of a cardiac arrest. Yes, I almost died, but this is why, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, it was just part of your journey. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that is God is revealing to you the beauty, but we have to go through mm-hmm. some of that until we get to that that beauty. Mm-hmm. That's so well yeah. said. Yeah. And, and it's okay to not understand yeah. at the time, but. And I just think feel, it's yeah. great, Kennedy, that you have not allowed. Uh, that event to negatively impact who you are. You mm-hmm. have not allowed it to define you in a negative mm-hmm. way. And I think, yeah. you know, early on, I allowed it to do that. Yeah. Being younger, being 17. Yeah. Oh, I've got this machine yeah. in my heart. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah. it's led to. You're a lot amazing, of Kennedy. Grammy, you're amazing. <laughs> You well, help you, me be. I you both you. are amazing. I tell you what, Grammy. My question to you is: There are listeners right now going through some really hard things. There's losses. There's deaths. There's um, brokenness. There's just deep hurt. What would you say to them as a story of hope? Just uh, embrace. Embrace the Lord who is walking with you through this journey of grief, this journey of uh, whatever it is you're feeling. Uh, Don't abandon His love. He is there with you every step of the way. God is with us. God is not a God that that we're waiting to see when we die. I mean, He is here. He is here every day in our lives. And just hang on to that and embrace it. And uh, you will laugh again. God allows you to laugh again. Yeah. It is a beast. I call it a beast. The beast of grief. The said. beast of grief. Yeah. Yeah. But you will 
with with his guidance and with his help, you are not alone in this. You are loved. You are loved. Wow, what a time with you two. Thank you so, so much for coming in and sharing this. What uh, I deeply was touched and changed by it. Um, Kennedy, if, if somebody's listening and wants to get a hold of you, how could they do that? They could find me on... The typical answer, social media. You're, social media? Oh, that's right. You that's mean what they you can't do write you a letter? <laughs> <laughs> What's a letter? It's homing pigeon, however you want to do it. Um, or um, through, yeah, I would say social media would be the easiest way. Or um, work email. I mean, Which is what? It's Kennedy at Good News communications.com okay yeah and grammy there's somebody that really resonated with you how could they get a hold of you they could write me a letter okay (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) and i will supply in the notes the address, people. <laughs> no, I do. I do Facebook. Okay. I'm. A, I, you know, they could get me through uh, uh, Pam Osterhout Bat, and I think it is on Facebook um, uh, through Messenger. Um, I'll yeah. put these in the notes, and you. Guys, I do have yeah. an iPhone. <laughs> you do. You just don't know how to do the Bluetooth. <laughs> What a joy. You guys are miracles. God bless you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today at another episode of Relate, Refresh, and Restore, a podcast sponsored by Romans 12 Ministries. For more information on Romans 12 Ministries, visit us at romans12ministries.org or give us a call at 520-982-5877. May we all continue to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. 